Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Yifat from OSA Commerce, an innovative software provider that is on a mission to tackle data chaos in the supply chain. Yifat is a really fascinating woman. She has nearly two decades of experience in the e-commerce industry and has founded and managed several multi-million dollar businesses. So it was really exciting to take a closer look at what she's doing with OSA. We talked about how e-commerce is changing the industry, combining the power of collaboration and visibility for big results, and tackling data chaos in supply chain. This episode tackled a lot of the most important current supply chain trends. The second of last week's show was episode 35 of Blended, and I was joined by another new panel of guests to talk about anxiety. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults. That's nearly 20% of the population every single year. But sadly, many of those suffering do not receive the treatment they need, or there is still a lot of stigma attached to it. So the panel and I shared our experiences, talked about the impacts of anxiety on work and life, and what we can all do to support one another. If you missed either of these episodes, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. OSA was episode 354, and Blended was episode 355. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse Diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Ready to empower the people and improve the processes that grow your business? Esker's AI-driven solutions make it easy by delivering greater speed, strategy, and security across your entire enterprise. Visit esker.com today and learn why Esker is used by finance, procurement, and customer service leaders around the world as their trusted global cloud platform. Esker transform the way you work. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we start the show, I have a question for you. In a 2022 survey, what percentage of respondents used 3D printing for production runs of more than 10 parts? What do you think? Does your organization use 3D printing? How common is it? Well, let us know your guesses over on social media and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. So today I'm joined by the world's largest manufacturing marketplace with over 8 billion dollars of product source, nearly 1 million RFQs, and over 50,000 buyers and suppliers involved. It's a real industry powerhouse. Well, who is it? Well, I'll tell you after the poll of the week. So the question we asked you, what is the most common mistake that people make in interviews? After 657 votes, 48% of you said being unprepared. 27% of you said not asking good questions. 20 2% said being too nervous. Augustine, for me, asking good questions during an interview is as important as giving good answers to the questions you get asked. 
James, interviewers asking scripted generic questions that candidates have studied for with a generic answer means that we might find some poor fits. Naomi, employers asking about resume gaps that could be due to personal reasons or layoffs, seeing it as an indication of the employee's ability to commit fully. Rachel, answering star-based questions by talking about a general concept rather than an actual example. And Samantha Jones, generic questions with generic answers without understanding the candidate and adapting for all scenarios. Well, thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week and come back every single Wednesday morning on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram where we ask you a new pressing question. So now back to today's episode and which market-leading digital platform is joining me today? Well, it's MFG. MFG helps manufacturers grow their business by making it easy for them to be discovered by high quality customers, while also making it easy for buyers to find manufacturing partners. Its manufacturer directory and speedy request for quote process delivers competitive quotes and saves time and money for its customers. And it's Greg Cress, CEO at Shapeways and MFG that is joining me for the show today. Greg is an innovative and results-driven leader with experience in large and mid-sized organizations. And over the course of his career, he's held a number of leadership roles in global commercial operations and supply chain management, as well as environmental health and safety. And he's been bringing all of that expertise to Shapeways and MFG since 2018. So today, Greg will be telling me all about MFG and Shapeways and what they do, enabling manufacturers to digitize their businesses, the challenges for both manufacturers and buyers in a fast-paced market, and why AI has the potential to transform manufacturing. So welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you for having me. So great to be here with you and your audience today. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation because I don't get to talk a lot about this particular topic too much. And you have a really unique brand and a really unique founder story. So let's dive right into that. What did that look like? How did you get started with this company? And what did that journey look like? I mean, most founders start with a problem that they had working for somebody else. And then they're like, you know what, wait a second. I can definitely solve this. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So Shapeways has always been out there trying to solve this idea of allowing anyone to get access to on-demand manufacturing services at scale. And so when we take a big step back, that was really rooted in additive manufacturing because nobody really had access to really industrial grade additive manufacturing equipment without investing millions and millions of dollars, having a ton of know-how and a lot of time. And so Shapeways really started this journey by offering an on-demand manufacturing service and really solving this problem that allowed other entrepreneurs or other engineers or designers or hobbyists to have access to equipment that really was out of their reach and is still out of their reach today, right? As much as we've made huge progress with desktop printers and things like that, nothing is going to be able to compete with the plastics and metal additive manufacturing that Shapeways has in its multiple manufacturing facilities where we're using like state-of-the-art, best-in-class, industrial-grade 
not only materials, but hardware to go make on-demand products for our customers at really, really competitive pricing. And you know, over that time, the way we were able to do that is we invested heavily in software, right? And so we really thought a lot about how do you digitize the business so that we could offer our customers up uh, a product and a service at a really, really great price point that could really meet their needs. And I know we'll probably dig into that a lot more during our conversation today. I love getting to know how things started, you know, what the vision was. And it really comes down to how do we just make it more simple, more easy, more cost effective for the people in the industry. And that's really what it's all about. And I think the other part of it too is the passion, like the passion that you have for this business and this industry. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into it. I'm sure we're going to hear more of that, but I just love your passion behind this. So talk to us about what exactly do you do? Um, you know, read us into how we would work with you as a client. Yeah. So Shapeways really has two major pieces of the business. The first side of our business, we offer on-demand manufacturing services. And there's a wide range of capabilities that we have, not only in additive manufacturing, but also in more scaled manufacturing processes and mm -hmm. CNC injection molding, sheet metal, things like that. And so we have our customers that come to us on a day-to-day -day basis. They upload files. They get instantaneous pricing and manufacturing ability checks. Wow. And then we really take care of the rest and we deliver them products in days. And we've done that for, you know, millions and millions of individual products to millions of different of customers across, you know, the, across the world. Right. And so we have, we're proven in this space. We're a really great on-demand manufacturing partner and it allows our customers to really get access to more of like an Amazon web services type offering. Right. And so just like AWS moved servers from an office out into the cloud, we moved, you know, on-demand manufacturing equipment, like, you know, industrial grade additive manufacturing out of their office or out of their manufacturing facility up into the cloud. So they can get access to, you know, manufacturing services immediately in a very skilled way, be able to go up and down with no upfront investment at really competitive pricing. Um, so that's the one side of our business. The other side of our business is the only way we were able to go do that manufacturing side of our business efficiently is that we invested almost $100 million in fully digitizing our end-to-end wow. -end operations, building software that managed the ordering process and analyzing files and management of the supply chain so that you can look at the files that come in on a day-to-day -day basis and look at this massive supply chain on where's the most efficient way to go and manufacture those parts. Right. And then all the pre-production work associated with making those parts really efficiently. And then ultimately, how do you make those parts at scale, right? Because unlike mass production, right? What we're doing is we typically have an AOV average order value of a couple hundred dollars. It's one part at a time. Every part is unique. So taking that through very complex manufacturing processes and delivering a high quality product at the end, you need to have a ton of software and controls along the way, all the way down to the, to the end customer. So what we've done is we've taken all those pieces of software and we're deploying that software and we're offering it up to our customers. We also have a software side of our business where we sell our software to small and mid-sized manufacturers, which allows them to digitize their businesses as well, right? And they get access to the same benefits that Shapeways has been able to have over the last 10 years, but they're now doing it for their own business, right? And so they can move their businesses online. 
They can reach more accessibility with their customers. They can engage with them online. They can process orders more efficiently. They can manage very uh, large projects from start to finish. They can communicate with their customers more efficiently. They can utilize supply chain services by outsourcing things to their partners. They can you know, do a lot of the things that Shapeways does internally, but we offer those software services up to our customers using through our MFG platform today. So that is such a great explanation. I have so many questions. I know I still have a bunch of questions that we have to get to. But one of the things that I love about this is that you can really help, you, like you said, the small and medium size to be more competitive. But yep. you can also provide those who are need to manufacture products more competitive with maybe some of those larger scale companies that they are also competing with, which I love. And the other part of this is you said earlier today, before we even started recording, self-service. So there's not a lot of, you know, people necessarily involved. They can go onto your website, like you said, put upload the, the document or the picture or whatever it is that you need. They get a price, right? They get a quote. They get an idea of how long it's going to take. Now, you said that you do this worldwide. How many locations do you have? I'm just curious because if you're manufacturing on demand, how are we doing this? Yeah, so we've so the our internal manufacturing that we've done, we've produced over 24 million unique parts. Wow. Um, to over a million different customers in 180 different countries. And you know, we have two primary locations. Our US location is in the Detroit area. Okay. Our our European location is in the Netherlands. And then we have about 50 strategic supply chain partners that are part of that network that use our software to also go manufacture our parts for us. And so they're also supporting us. And, you know, these are really best in class type of metrics that we're actually delivering, right? 98% on-time delivery, less than 1% complaint rate from our customers using a very wide range of technologies and materials Mm -hmm. and finishes to deliver that one piece flow, right? And so... What we've been doing is taking all of the things that we do internally and all that software and then creating a software offering. And that software offering primarily is supporting small and mid-sized customers. Mm -hmm. And those customers are across our our global, right? right? We have them across the US, Europe, also in Asia, and they're supporting their businesses and digitizing themselves and reaping all those same rewards that Shapeways has been able to do on on our own manufacturing side. And so they're growing their revenue. They're increasing their profitability. They're expanding their capabilities by using a supply chain rather than doing everything themselves. They're improving that customer satisfaction by moving online and improving accessibility with them and really digitizing a lot of the things and removing a lot of wasted time and energy from the process. And it's helping them win more business. Yeah, barriers to competition. Like the words that come to mind are enable, empower, collaborate. Because you're not even looking at them, you know, like they're competition. You're oh, looking no, at they're them definitely not competition. So that you can help enable them, empower them to get to the next level. And like I was saying earlier, compete with those that are larger than them. Absolutely. In general, the manufacturing market is made up of, is really driven by small and mid-sized manufacturers. And the amount of work that is out there today is enormous. 
And so this isn't about competing with one or the other. It's about how do you enable them to be really successful? You know, we constantly think about what other industries have done. And manufacturing is one of those industries that really has never been digitized. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about the amount of transformation that's happened in take the restaurant industry, right? You go into a restaurant and a restaurant today, they're using toast, right? Toast is the handheld device that takes your payment. It's the okay. planning software that plans your, your reservations. It's, it's the platform that's helping source your material, raw materials to create your, your dishes. It's, mm. it's really enabling your restaurant to run much more efficiently and it's digitizing your operations. We're doing the exact same thing for small and mid-sized manufacturers, yeah, right? I love that. We're helping them do what they do best, which is manufacture products. So let's talk about that then, because you say that we really need this revamp in this particular side of this industry. So give us your perspective on the landscape. Where are we right now? And the ways that, I mean, obviously you're talking to us already about the meaningful contributions that you're bringing to the table as far as digital and tech. What are some of the misconceptions out there? Because surely, and I've seen this in supply chain across the board, right? You know, people don't necessarily like change or they're not sure what the technology is going to do with their jobs and things like that. So what is the landscape right now? What does it look like? What do we need help with? What are some of those misconceptions out there? Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about the global manufacturing market. We're talking about trillion dollar market. And it's one of the last markets that really has not been digitized. And so when you hear us talk about digital manufacturing, digital manufacturing is really just applying software and technology to make manufacturing more efficient. That's really all we're talking about. And just as we've seen machines uh, on our shop floors go online and become more efficient and become more powerful and become more integrated, it doesn't necessarily connect the entire system from start to finish, right? Mm-hmm. You want to allow your customer to be able to find you online and be able to communicate with you back and forth through you know, online tools and be able to get their request for quote responded to quickly and they're place an order online and transact online and create a digital inventory so they can buy that product again and being able to see where their products are in manufacturing processes right and so they want to be able to have like visibility to who touched their product and when it was touched and how long did it take and you know understand what's really happening right and yeah. so you know but if you look at the manufacturing market today it's kind of plagued as being slow right it's being clunky. it's well known clunky and manual and very rigid right like yeah. you can't break the you can't buck the system right you got to just fit into the system if you want to get something out of it And that's because it's always been very focused on mass production. And that's okay. That meets a lot of needs. But a lot of manufacturing has much, much, um, has changing customer needs, right? Our customers are asking for products to be manufactured faster. They want things at lower costs. They want more flexibility, right? And so when you start thinking about those ever-changing needs, you really need to lean into the software to go help you run your business. Right. And, you know, there's a great customer on the Shapeways manufacturing side that I bet you they iterated on the design of their product at least 15 times within 12 months. They completely changed the design of the product. Right. Right. And they are one of the fastest growing consumer products on Amazon. 
And Shapeways does all the production for them. And the reason why they really lean onto this on-demand manufacturing services and using a a service like Shapeways is because we're digitized, right? Mm -hmm. We allow them to change their files daily, to adjust their materials, to scale up and down, to throw out the, the old design and to start with a new design to meet changing customer needs because they're listening to their customer. And I think what Shapeways has been able to do is use software to do that. And I think that's what the greater industry is, right? So when you think about those millions of small and mid-sized manufacturers, you're not one of the big tier one automotive suppliers, or you're not one of the big you know, players in aviation or huge industrial players that are investing Million, billions of dollars in software to digitize their own business. What we're creating is an off-the-shelf offering to help you digitize your business in a small way. And that allows for incredible amounts of value creation. Well, and think about the orders that you might be missing out on oh, when my- you need a large minimum order run. I mean, yeah. let's just put that into perspective because I've dealt with that before, right? Mm-hmm. The minimum order is 500 units. It's going to cost me thousands of dollars. And I'm sitting there going, mm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is going to sell or I need to get some more customer mm-hmm. feedback on this, but I have to spend $10,000 because there's a minimum order run and I don't have any other options here. Or if I do have an option, and I can customize and order a lot less, I'm going to be able to make decisions and pivot a lot faster to be able to make sure that the product that I'm putting on the market is going to sell. Exactly. I love that. And if you put yourself in the shoes of one of our small manufacturers today in the US, think about it, right? It's a a huge gamble to go and invest in brand new additive manufacturing equipment that may meet those needs, right? Like you're not going to go invest $5 million in some of the most state-of-the-art equipment. On a $10,000 order. Exactly. And so it almost forces Mm. you not to compete in that area when in reality, what Shapeways does on the software side through our MFG platform, yeah. right? You can be a small manufacturer. You can law. You can become an MFG customer. You can market your 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 services, mm-hmm. but you can also use other people's services, right? So you can use Shapeway services or another player on the platform services to fulfill your customers' needs, right? Mm-hmm. And so that in that work that you're doing in that low volume production eventually becomes very scaled capabilities, right? Because like you have to start finding the product and developing the product, and then you get to a skilled product. And by helping your customer from start to finish in that journey, you're able to capture a lot more price and a lot more value. You're you're value selling versus selling yourself as a commodity on the platform as well. And so it allows others to really capture the value. Because I mean, small manufacturers today are enabling an, an incredible amounts of innovation in the US and mm-hmm. they're not always capturing the value that they're creating on the other side. Right. And right. it's because they come in maybe a little too late to the game and they're really, yeah. it's all that hard work is was on the customer all by themselves. When in reality, you can still help your customers through that journey. It's just, you gotta, you have to be able to think about the entire system yeah. to do that. Well, I also think about the consumer, right? They're changing. They want customization. Right. They, they really of, do. And this is kind of the secret sauce to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I'll give you some examples. Right. We have some robotics customers that use Shapeways manufacturing services and they're changing their robotics design constantly. They're mm-hmm. constantly lightweighting 
everything is really bespoke, right? And so their right. implementation, they may have like a core product, but like everything that goes around that core product is right. really on demand, low volume, right? Um, you also see a ton of work in the medical space, right? Like mm-hmm. Shapeways has done some amazing things with customers that are doing customized knee braces, right? They take an MRI scan and every knee is different. And we print that customized knee brace for wow. that individual, right? Or you'll have, you know, customers, we have a big customer that does like um, surgical, pre-surgical guides for spinal surgery, right? Mm-hmm. And so we do all the printing of their products so that doctors can practice and iterate before the surgery actually takes place. And then they use actual surgical guides that are 3D printed directly for that individual to wow. successfully execute that surgery, right? And so every single one of those products is very, very Customized. Um, customized, right? It's yeah. to the individual user. And, you know, with the technologies that have come to market in the manufacturing space, again, additive is not the solution for all manufacturing, right? It's just, but it's another tool in the tool belt, right? When right. you think about manufacturing, I always think about, you know, there are use cases for every single type of technology that's out there today. It's just what stage is it in and what what what's the use case and what's the challenge that you're trying to overcome and shapeways typically supports like that additive side but we yeah. are using a lot of our supply chain partners for the more scaled um as our customers graduate up and they look for more scaled offerings right so let's stay on the track of you know those examples and let's talk about what you've done on the mfg side first of mm-hmm. all who is your ideal client you talk about small to medium size but what exactly does that look like and then give me an example of how you've worked with a small to medium sized company um, along the lines of MFG, what was the challenge they were having? What, I mean, obviously the solution is a platform, but what was the ROI and benefit from working with you? Yeah, great. So our ideal customer is a small or mid-sized traditional manufacturer. And so think anyone that is, you know, a million dollars in revenue a year, all the way up to, we have some customers that are $20 million a year in revenue, right? Okay. They're, they're typically on the traditional side. So it could be a small CNC shop or a small injection molding shop or, you know, a CNC or a, a sheet a sheet metal um, or stamping shop, something like that. And they have a customer base, right? Their customers are typically offline. Um, they deal with their customers through, you know, I was talking with a customer the other day, even fax machines still. No. They're faxing orders back and no. forth. Or, I mean, it's... it's. I thought or, you were like, gonna, li- sorry, I thought you were going to say Excel, but you jumped no. in there with fax machines. I mean, no, that fax takes machines. back. And, yeah, exactly. And so what we're doing with those customers is we allow those customers to come onto the MFG platform and get access to the software that we have. And it starts to digitize their business. And it starts with one, we can give you demand services. So Shapeways, or sorry, not Shapeways, MFG is out there marketing to drive RFQs Mm -hmm. and and requests for quotes and demand for buyers, right? So if you're a buyer out there, we work with tons of Fortune 500 companies that are looking for manufacturing services. And we we are helping them develop those RFQs and push them to that customer base. And so... As a customer of our software, you get access to all those RFQs, that demand, right? Wow. The second thing we do is we help you automate the ordering process. And so Mm -hmm. we move it online. 
We help you take on all the inputs and we help you respond to those inputs timely and completely and make sure that you have all the information that you need to accurately quote that very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Once that order is assigned to you, we actually help you transact on the platform. So we help you, you know, take wire transfers on the platform or pay with a credit card or, or help you do all that transacting so you're not waiting for a check or you're trying to do everything mm-hmm. offline. We're helping you right on the platform to, And then we integrate directly into your QuickBooks because the vast majority of small manufacturers at the end of each week are spending hours manually inputting and updating. It's the founders that are doing that. We do all of that for you. It it removes a half a day of your time on a weekly basis. Wow. And then once you get that order, we give you all the project management tools from start to finish, right? Mm -hmm. And so we allow you to go and move, create customized flows and move those parts from start to finish through these complex workflows that you may have. And it provides visibility and updates to your customer along the way. And so instead of your customer calling you and harassing you, asking for updates on a regular basis, you're providing them almost ongoing regular updates. And then we allow you to deliver that product directly to the customer. Um, And then there's all these additional things that we do. We, We just launched this last week access for our customers to to get access to discounted raw materials. And so we've negotiated large buys behind the scenes with big discounts. So you can purchase aluminum or steel or whatever you may need at highly discounted prices because you're taking advantage of the Shapeways buy, right? And so Shapeways is taking taking care of those big negotiated rates for you. And so you can save 20, 30% on your raw material spend by buying it through the platform and getting access to discounted raw materials. And so all of these things really allow you mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to digitize your business and, and get access to things that Shapeways had historically invested a lot of time and energy in, right? And now yeah. we're allowing others to do that. And again, it really drives a lot of profitability, Mm-hmm. Um, it grows your top line, right? Those are the two big things. And I think it drives a lot of customer satisfaction where yeah. those customers, then you start to build a relationship. And we talked about this earlier about, you know, creating a value selling versus just being a commodity, right? At the very end where you're bidding on a quote and you're like, the, you have to be the low cost bidder. The more and more you interact with your customer online, that they're willing to pay for those benefits, right? Yeah. And so what we do with our customer base is a lot of returning customers for them are coming back and they're not quoting out the same orders, but they've found their vendor, right? They've they've found their supplier that they're using to go fulfill their needs. And Amazing. ultimately that saves the owner or that small business a ton of time. It makes yep. them more money and allows them to grow their business. Those are great benefits, I mean, for any business, but really when you think about a small to mid-sized business. Now, you talked about the raw materials and you mentioned a few there. Are there particular industries that you work with or is it kind of across the board? You know, our customers are across the board, right? And so they definitely work with like, they have specific niches, but we support them, right? And when you think about our software platform, what we've done is built something that's relatively straightforward. We've simplified a lot of complex mm-hmm. tools. We've made it easy specifically so that we can scale it to a wide range of customers instead of a very, very specific niche. Okay. No, that's good to know. And then a lot of times when we think about technology and bringing that on board, we need to know about the onboarding process. What does that look like? Is it easy? Like if I'm sitting in the audience, I'm kind of like, I love everything that you're saying, but I want to know, you know, what that process looks like. So walk us through the onboarding. 
Yeah. So one, we offer four different versions of our software offering. The first one is just a free offering. You can sign up and get access to a lot of tools just in a very free way. The second is our starter package. And this gives you access to discounted materials and a lot of the ordering and project management tools and onside the platform and allows you to buy RFQs on an on-demand basis. So there's a lot of really, really great things that the product at that starter package Seven-day free trial, go sign up today, test it out, see if you like it, right? Then there's the growth package. And the growth package is like, you want to go grow your business. We start pushing you RFQs. That's a little bit more expensive on a monthly basis, but it allows you to get more demand for your business. And then there's the professional offering. And the professional offering is we're really going to help you go grow your business. And Mm -hmm. it is, you know, we are, we're giving you full access to all RFQs on the platform. We're pushing you a lot of demand and we're helping you really end to end through your processes. And there's a lot of benefits um, to each one of those. But what we see is our customers typically upgrade very quick, right? Like they (laughs) get started, they want a little bit more and they upgrade quickly. And there's a lot of the payback period is very fast, right? If you close one order on the platform, you've paid for the platform for a couple of years, right? And so um, then you start sourcing your materials on the platform, you have, um, you're saving quite a bit, right? Because if you're a small manufacturer spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in raw material, saving 10, 20% on your raw material buy is, you know, obviously save a tremendous amount. So there's strong ROI associated with starting to digitize that operation. So you've mentioned the quoting process a couple of times, and my background is in logistics. And I remember having to quote a customer, and let me tell you, it took forever, and then things changed, and then I needed to re-quote, and it was the bane of my existence. So does it take that, like, is that kind of the same process that most people are following in the manufacturing? And then talk us through that quoting process and how yours really simplifies it and gives them some time back. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you take a step back, right, we've had visibility to a lot of RFQs, right? Mm -hmm. So the amount of cost buyers on our platform that are looking for manufacturing services, we have all that history and understanding and learning so that we can ask the right questions to create the most comprehensive intake and, and inputs to the RFQ process, right? And so we use artificial intelligence and AI to kind of look at what's out there, pull information, help them complete their RFQs, Mm -hmm. right? And then on the flip side, we're also having guiding the manufacturer to be able to respond back to those RFQs. And what our platform does is it allows for really great communication. And so it allows for you to communicate back and forth with the customer instead of it being like this, something is thrown over the wall and you have to throw it back over the wall, right? It allows it to be more of this interactive process where you can actually go back and forth, right? You can ask questions, you can validate, you can update, you can adjust, you can provide different solutions. I mean, I was talking with a customer the other day and he offered a very different solution than what was in the RFQ for the customer. Because as he asked five questions to the customer, he was like, that's probably not the right solution for you. What if you evaluated this and was able to provide the customer with something that was much more expensive than what they had asked for, but it exactly met their needs, right? And so it allowed him to value sell and communicate and do all the things that he could do with a brand new customer. And he left that customer 
you know, very satisfied and felt like he added a lot of value to, to the process. Well, and not only time, right? It gives you back sort of that creativity, that time to yeah. be able to have that strategic thinking, that creativity to go back Take to the, the client. administrative, tactical aspects yeah. of the job off the plate and allows you to but actually we... focus more on, um, you know, what you do really well, which is really yeah. solve problems. Absolutely. Now, when I was doing research for this particular conversation, one of the things that stood out to me in your suite of software tools is the 3D model viewer. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because you haven't mentioned it yet. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm very curious about it. Yeah, it's a key feature in our ordering platform. And so similar to, so not only do we capture the inputs and the requirements associated with what is in the RFQ, we allow you to upload files. And so we allow you to actually visually look at the part and talk about the part and ask questions about the part. And so it allows for more visualization in the process so that you're not just limited to what's on a piece of paper, right? You're not just limited to, um, you know, text and words, but you're allowed to, you know, utilize CAD and and things that engineers have access to, right? And are using for these parts. It allows you to do that. And so the 3D viewer allows for a very interactive, um, more visual way for you to talk about um, your requirements. And bring it to life from the piece of paper. I mean, I... I have a patent, and so I've been through all the CAD designs and different things like that. And that would have been amazing if I had had access to that before I even got started. And now that really takes me into the future, right? It's kind of something that we've thought of in the past as future thinking. So what do you think the future of manufacturing industry looks like? What are some of the impacts we're going to see as a result of these kinds of developments and using AI? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a couple of things. One, like taking a big step back, COVID really kind of reset the playing field. I think mm-hmm. the amount of onshoring that we're seeing is, is significant. I think the level of supply chain flexibility that's required moving forward is there's a different S expectation. I think that's out there. And those two challenges really require businesses to take a step back and rethink the way they approach how you go solve those problems. And it really comes through digitization, right? And so mm-hmm. we see a tremendous amount of digitization happening in manufacturing. And the amount of customers that are using software on our platform to go and meet their customers' needs is really inspiring, right? Mm-hmm. It's you're you're seeing people really lean into pretty like simple tools. They really make their life a lot easier, right? Yeah. And create a lot of value for them and for their end customer. And so I expect that trend to continue, right? And as that continues, what you should expect from the MFG team is continued investment in that software. And so we'll continue to invest in AI to make the process easier and to create things in a more simplified way. There's no reason for us to ask you questions that we know the answer to, right? We should be we should be prompting you with really thoughtful questions that really differentiate the process, right? And allow you to be creative and to challenge assumptions and, and to do what engineers do best. And um, yeah, so I see that continuing to happen. I also see a tremendous amount of innovation happening on the manufacturing hardware side. 
the amount of technology investment that's taking place across all different types of technology that's used to produce parts um, and the materials that are being used are really exciting. I think there's a lot of applications and technologies that will allow for a lot of more innovative stuff. And as that happens, and as you digitize more, I think it allows for cost structures to go down. It allows for more automation, maybe in the manufacturing process that allows for you to do more of the more sophisticated things, which allows us to reshore and onshore manufacturing back to the U.S., which I think is incredibly important, right? Um, And easily, right? Because we've all talked about nearshoring and shoring and all that kind of stuff, but it's not as easy. Like, it's not something that can happen overnight, but... With this kind of technology and what you guys are bringing to the market, I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna take as long as we think. Yeah, um, we're I think trying the to other, help the process go faster, right? Yeah, and I think the other part of this too for the future and for today is less waste. We haven't really talked about this, right? Yeah. But you brought up the pandemic, and so it sort of sparked in my mind inventory, right? Yeah. All these companies have massive inventory massive. that they're trying to offload. And we don't want it to go into landfills. And so when you're talking about technology really driving that manufacturing and being able to customize or do smaller run orders to scale, like you can scale after you know and can forecast properly what that Mm -hmm. could potentially look like and make sure that those sales are going to go through. But that's a really big one. Yeah, it's huge. I think the idea of shifting from a physical inventory to a digital inventory will be a huge trend that takes place, right? And we see it with our customers today on the manufacturing side of our business Mm -hmm. where, you know, we have customers that don't hold any inventory associated with their products. Their products are truly, you know, they integrate directly with Shapeways. We have integrations in the ERP systems. As their orders are, you know, spare parts required, an order is placed, Shapeways manufacture it, we deliver it in two days. It gets shipped directly to where it needs to be. It's the same as if that product had been sitting on um, a physical shelf. But the problem is that physical shelf requires heating and cooling and lights and power and overhead and labor and footprint and all of these things that are unnecessary and a tremendous amount of waste. And so when you look at these largest brands, what you hear them talking about all the time is how do I take my, I'll give you a real customer. I can't say their name, but they have $2 billion of physical inventory right now. Like how did they, even if they improved that 1%, the amount of savings that comes from that is, is really transformative. And they, they're looking for small manufacturers and, and te- manufacturing technologies and materials that enable that to happen. And there, I don't see that happening without the idea of, of uh, really digitizing your manufacturing operations and leaning into software to do it. Well, and those small to medium-sized manufacturers, I mean, depending on who you're working with, they all have ESG goals. Yep. And they're asking those questions. And so even if we talk about an RFQ for raw materials or or manufacturing or things like that, we're not like they're also now asking for what you're doing and how you're going to help them meet their ESG goals. And so this type of technology is going to put you ahead of the competition in a variety of different ways, but especially when you can partner with them and help them meet those ESG goals. Like those are super important these days. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right. So last but not least, what's the future look like for Shapeways and MFG? 
Yeah. So Shapeways, we have a, a fantastic roadmap that the team has been working on with MFG. There's been a, tr- a lot of features rolling out over the first half of the year. We have a lot rolling out in the back half of the year. Um, I will say, you know, the team is very focused on continuing to drive value to our customer base, right? And so what we focus on is the, the 120,000 users that use the MFG platform and, you know, what services can we provide them and what do they need to make their lives better? How do we, you know, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. How do we help you grow your business? How do we help you increase your profitability? How do we help you reduce waste in your wasted time? How do we help you become more accessible to your customer and improve customer satisfaction? And so it constantly goes back to that. And so our roadmap is, is very focused on enabling that and really helping our customers reach their own goals. Um, And, you know, Shapeways was lucky enough to invest a lot of time and energy in our software platform. What we're doing is taking all of that and translating it down so that all manufacturers can get access to that instead of, you know, without having to make those huge investments. And so that's what you'll see on the MFG platform as you move forward. And so where can they find you? What's the website? Yeah, go to mfg.com. Great. Well, as we head into the second half of 2023, I mean, digital inventory is the future. And who are you working with? What's the technology that they're using? Technology is going to empower us into the future of supply chain. And if you want to find out more, you can check them out at mfg.com. And did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, in a 2022 survey, what percentage of respondents used 3D printing for production runs of more than 10 parts? Well, it was 49%, so pretty much half. What do you think? Did that surprise you? Let us know on social media. Greg, thank you so much for joining me and to the team at Shapeways for making this episode happen. Thanks, everyone. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. Plus, if you have a uh, challenge in your supply chain, we have most likely had the solution on our show. So put the keyword in the search bar and those episodes will come up and you'll be able to listen to see if you're the right fit for them or if they're the right fit for you. And remember to come back next week where I'm going to be joined by Josh Josh from Reveal, a logistics and shipping management platform that leverages machine learning to transform complex shipping data into simple ways to save money, doing all the hard work for you. I'm sure that is music to many of your ears, so make sure to tune in to get the inside scoop on Shipping Smarter. If you like the show, there are so many ways to support us, and we appreciate every single one of you. You can follow us over on LinkedIn, 
Instagram. We're also on Facebook and TikTok. You can subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool merch in our shop on letstalksupplychain.com for the special supply chainer in your life. And remember, we have a brand new membership group called the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Now, this is actually three membership groups designed for everybody in the industry. We've got the Supply Chainers, which is going to have exclusive contents from some of the biggest brands in the industry, like Best Buy, Zappos. You're going to learn from the supply chain leaders in those organizations about how they've tackled some of the toughest challenges. Then we've got our monthly meetup for women in supply chain, and that is going to be professionally facilitated. You're not going to want to miss that. We have just launched it. And the creative room, especially for marketing professionals in supply chain. That's also a monthly meetup, and we can't wait to see you there. So head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the banner for Secret Society of Supply Chain, take the quiz, join the waitlist, and and you will be notified once we launch another opening for one of those groups. And I can't wait to see you there. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.